very special happy Mother's Day to uh, Pastor Kim, the mother of the house. Why don't y'all give her? She's a lot like me, don't, don't really like that kind of attention. Amen. Definitely do without that attention, amen. But we give honor to whom honor is due. Is that right? All right, so today I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, talk about mothers. I know that's strange, that's odd. You know, like. But I am. I'm not going to say, Mama, you know I love you. <laughs> Queen of my heart. I, well, there was a church we were watching this morning. They were singing that. They had a group singing that this morning. And uh, I, said, I said, wow, I hope, I hope those guys are all single. <laughs> Y'all got quiet. Got quiet. <laughs> see, see, if you're a married man, your mama can't be queen of your heart no more. Y'all got nervous on me. If you're once if you're married, the Bible says a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. The two become one flesh. See, so once you're married, mama gotta take a back seat now. And what what stalls many marriages is the is mama still thinks she number one, or the husband still act like mama number one, and now there's a battle between wife and mom. No, 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 no. That's, we're going to follow the Bible. Oh, great, this great song, beautiful songs when I was single. But once I got married, you know, I mean, yeah, she taught me everything, and everything you give me is, you know, I was keeping inside, you know. But, but my wife is my number one. Amen. 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 But we still honor mothers. We still honor mothers. Don't get me wrong. Okay. It's just you got to make sure you have that priority. I know it. All right. Let's get into this. It's, it's late. It's late. Y'all did all that singing. Singing. <laughs> I got carried away worshiping. That my daddy's called worship. 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 My brother still says that, worship. Okay, Proverbs 31. I'm going to go right there. Proverbs 31. We're going to read just one verse. Verse 1. I think that's all. I, that's enough to give me the essence of what I want to talk about. We, we'll allude to some other verses maybe, but let's just read verse 1. You have it, Proverbs 31, verse 1? Okay. Let's read that together. Ready, read. The words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. The utterance which his mother taught him. Today I want to talk on the subject, lessons from a good mother. Lessons from a good mother. Father, today thank you so much for giving us opportunity to be in your house. Thank you for your blessings that you bestowed upon us and the privilege we have to hear the word of God. I pray, Father, that in this uh, time that you would give us an understanding about motherhood and the importance and the value of motherhood. Thank you, Father, that 
Lord, you gave us mothers. You intended for us to have mothers, Lord. And thank you, Father, that that's how uh, uh, humanity is perpetuated, through motherhood. We thank you, Father, that, Lord, through this message, we'll see our mothers in a greater light, the value of their voices, and that mothers will see how important they are in their children's lives. I pray that whoever we are, men or women, boys or girls, will all glean from today's word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, take your seats today. Lessons from a good mother. Today, all over America, people are setting aside time and space to honor mothers, as we well should. Amen. You drive through town this past week, especially this past weekend, and all the side of the road, there are little uh, baskets and bears in the balloons. And, you know, I always feel sorry for those little bears trapped inside the balloons like they suffocating. <laughs> Let me out. Amen. Side of the road with little roses, little flowers. Malls are jam-packed. People are, well, I don't know if people buying for their mothers. They just, malls is jam-packed. Amen. But um, for those of us who serve the Lord, honor and honoring mothers is not just a holiday. It's not an event, but it's supposed to be a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. lifestyle. We're called to honor our mothers and fathers. In fact, the Bible Let's know we're under divine command to honor our mothers. Did you hear what I said? It's not just one day. It's a lifestyle. Everybody say a lifestyle. Matthew 15, verse 4 says, For God commanded, saying, this is Jesus talking, Honor your father and your mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. I better read it again. For God commanded, saying, honor your father and mother, and he who curses father or mother, let him be put to death. So it's either honor or death, according to the word of God, right? So uh, this honor is not a single day honor. It's a lifestyle of honor. It's how we live. It's how we operate. Honor your father and your mother every day. And he who curses father and mother, let him be put to death. Go to Ephesians chapter 6, please. Ephesians and chapter 6. Uh, I'm going to read verses 1 through 3. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1 through 3. Let me know when you get it by saying amen. amen. All right, I've got a few of you. The rest of y'all can look on the screen here. It says, <laughs> says children. My daddy says children. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. I heard a big yes. Somebody say yes. yes. Children, obey, 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 obey. You know one of the marks of the end times, the Bible says, that children will be disobedient to parents. One of the marks of the end time, disobedient to parents. Romans chapter 1, over in uh, also 2 Timothy 3, I think it is, where Paul talks about the perilous times. Disobedient to parents. So children, obey your parents in the Lord for, for they are right. Oh, this is right. So it doesn't matter your opinion whether they are right. It's for this is right. I'm glad I didn't say for they are right. How many of your parents have ever done something and said something and found out, well, later you were wrong? But my wrongness didn't excuse disobedience. Okay? So children, obey your parents in the Lord for this is right. Verse 2, please. Verse 2. 
honor your father and mother, which is what? With promise. It's not the first commandment, but it's the first one that has a promise attached to it. Okay? So honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. Verse 3. Verse 3. Why? That it may be well. Here's the promise. That it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. So that commandment to honor your father, your mother, has a promise attached to it of long life and wellness, welfare. Faring well, yeah, faring well. Not well, not government welfare. Faring well, doing, if you, want, if you want to do well in life, you have to honor. In fact, I want you to write this down. Honor is the master key to prosperity. Some of you know it, but I want you to write it, write it fresh. Honor is the master key to prosperity. If you want to prosper, you have to learn how to honor people. I wish I had an amen. You have to honor God. You have to honor God. God said, if you honor me, I will honor you. If you honor me, God says, I will honor you. So we have to honor God. We have to honor our mother and our father. You have to honor your parents. Because the other choice is death. You're not trying to die. Die young. Honor is the master key to prosperity. You got to honor uh, the word of God. You got to honor God. You got you to honor the house of God. You got to honor other saints of God. Hallelujah. You got to honor the man and woman of God. Uh-oh, here you go. No, I'm just telling you this. Hallelujah. You got to honor your employers. The Bible says don't be caught talking about the king, talking about those who are in charge of you because a bird or arrow carry your voice. Eighth, eighth chapter of Ecclesiastes. You'll, you'll, be, you'll be, oh, Lord, somebody going to tell on you. So you got to honor. Honor is the master key to prosperity. Y'all got it? Okay, now the problem for us today is, Elder Jeff, we live among an honorless generation. That's what we see all around. People don't honor uh, parents. People don't honor church. They don't honor God. They don't honor uh, authority. They don't honor uh, political authority. They don't honor law authority. They don't honor teachers. They don't honor any. They don't honor any. They don't honor each other. We live in a, a society people don't even honor themselves. There's no 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 honorable man would have his pants half down his backside and dishonor himself. Even the Bible talks about there are some honorable parts that we have. And some dishonor. Doesn't the Bible talk about that? 1 Corinthians uh, 12, somewhere around there, about having those dishonorable parts. It says those dishonorable parts, you cover them up. That's what the Bible says. So to walk like that means you don't even honor yourself. So don't expect somebody who doesn't honor themselves to honor you. We see it very plainly. Man, I want to try to finish this today. Lord have mercy. I'm going to squeeze a lot in. Because it's Mother's Day only one day. <laughs> so they don't honor anyone. I might have to. Much less, much less their mothers. Much less their mothers. Children cussing their mamas out. Children, children hiding things from their mama. Got fake apps on their phones, so mama won't know it. 
Proverbs chapter 30, Proverbs 30, but y'all better flow with me here. Proverbs 30, verse 11 and 12. Proverbs 30, verse 11 and 12 says, There is a generation that curses its father and does not bless its mother. Remember we read in Matthew 15, 4, if you curse your father and mother, uh, it'll, it'll, you'll die. So can you understand why we're seeing so much death among our young people? Because this generation curses its father and does not bless its mother. And if you don't bless your mother, it will not be well with you and you will not live long on the earth. All y'all young people hear me today? Y'all ain't see y'all looking off and, mama, this would be a good time to tell them to get off a cell phone. Listen, pay attention. Listen, listen to this man of God. Put that cell phone down. The cell phone ain't got nothing for you. See? So, this generation exists today. Get, go to verse 12, please. Same, same chapter, verse 12. There is a generation that is pure in his own eyes. Ain't nothing wrong with me, nothing wrong with us, yet is not washed from his filthiness. That would be like, mama, if your, your baby, your baby uh, soiled its pamper and won't let you change them. The baby think, I'm doing fine. Mama, no, no, you stink. Something wrong. It's all over. It'll come all up your back and everything. Oh, I used to hate those days. Oh, my God. I used to hate those. Oh, my. You had a blowout, child. Lord, have mercy. Yeah, I, I changed pampers and stuff, so I, I went through that. Four of them, four children. Um, so that's the generation that's out there today. Dishonorable, disobedient, unholy, unthankful, cursing authority, cursing especially their own parents. And their own mamas. But that's not us, right? I said, that's not us. Every young person, I want you to join her with me. Come on, that's not us. See, we obey the word. Parents, if you sitting, you sit next to your child, look him in the eye every once in a while through this message. You better look him in the eye and tell him, hey, you better hear this man of God. All right, now let's go here. Turn to Proverbs 31. Let's go back over there, Proverbs 31. See, we're, we, we honor and appreciate our moms, yes. don't we? Yes. We, we? Those are natural mothers, adopted mothers, spiritual mothers. We honor and we appreciate them. Somebody who just was, uh, maybe became a mama to you, big mama. Hallelujah, you need more big mamas. Y'all remember big mama? Every family used to, you know, back in the day, had a big mama. You go to big mama's house on Sunday. Big mama kind of kept everything together. Big mama was the one everybody went and kind of talked to big mama. They, even if, you know, they by themselves, sneak over big mama's house and talk to mom, big mama. You know, you're dating somebody, dating wasn't going right or whatever, you talk to big mama. <laughs> Feeling down and, you know, big, big mama always had a pot of greens or something or some cornbread, something. She always had a cake. Big mama always cooked the cake, and you go there and the little carries a cake in there. You just, it's this. Here, baby, sit down with a big piece of cake. Big mama got you. Big mama always had big old arms. You know, big mama's. Big mama stirred that pot, boy. 
Big Mama, right? Y'all know Big, big, big Mama. <laughs> Hallelujah. See, some, some of you might have been your aunt, an aunt who became like Mama to you. You know, some of you, your grandma had to step in because Mama was crazy or missing or struggling in her own struggle. And somebody else stepped in. See? And we got to value those voices that are in our lives. Somebody cared enough. Somebody might have been a teacher who stepped into your life. Come on now. Glory to God. Now, Proverbs 31, let's go right there, please. It reads, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Now, we know the book of Proverbs is written by Solomon, okay? And this Lemuel is, uh, most theologians agree, a symbolic name for, for Solomon. So it is not some other king, this is Solomon. The word Lemuel, Lemuel, his name means of or for God. Lemuel. Whenever you see L in a name, in a Hebrew name, L is for God. Beth El, house of God. Remember Samuel. Okay? Samuel, back in 1 Samuel chapter uh, 1, I think it was, uh, right, right where, remember Hannah made a vow to God. And God heard Hannah's prayer, honored her vow, gave her a man child, a boy child, man, what she asked for God for a man child. She said, I'll give him back to you. And because God heard her, she named him, not his father, she named him Samuel. Samuel means heard or to hear. Like we use the word, Hebrew word shama, to hear. So Samuel means that God heard her. So Lemuel is of God. Again, God heard um, Solomon's mom. Verse, in fact, put up verse 2 real quick. Verse 2. Verse 2. Hallelujah of chapter 31. What, my son, what son of my wound, what son of my vows? Just like Hannah. She vowed to God and God gave her this child. Now, how many of y'all know who Solomon's mom is or was? Bathsheba. You remember Bathsheba? All right, we need more Sunday school classes. We're, gonna, we're starting a Bible class coming up in August. We're going to have a Bible curriculum for everybody online. Okay, so Bathsheba, y'all remember Bathsheba when I say that name? Y'all remember that name? David. Taking a bath, he out on the, on the, in the house and look out and she, Bathsheba there bathing on the roof. And he's like, who that? And uh, she's fine, pretty, and he gets her. Um, they hook up. And he has her husband murdered. And uh, he ends up uh, taking her in as a wife. And the first child that she was pregnant with died. She vowed then to God for another child. I want another child. I want a child. Solomon is that child. Okay? So son of my vows. Right? So Lemuel. I just want to make sure y'all know who he is. It's not some strange character. Okay? Now, let's go back to, first, to, to uh, verse 1, please. Verse 1. Hallelujah. All right. The, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him. Everybody say mother. mother. Now that word mother 
is a Hebrew word im, or aim is really how you, you pronounce it, aim, which means mother uh, of Deborah's relationship to the people. Y'all know Deborah? How many of y'all know Deborah is in the Bible? All right, we got the Bible class starting in August. All right, Deborah, in the book of Judges, around, I think it's chapter 5, I think it is, you read the, De the story of Deborah and Barak, or Barak. Deborah is a prophetess over Israel, and she's called a mother of Israel, okay? She wasn't all their physical mom, but she was a spiritual mother to Israel. So much so that when she, the, the enemy came against the people, she was calling Barak. I got me speed up. She's calling Barak to go out there and fight. Hey, you need to go out there and lead the people in, in, in battle. God's going to give you the victory. And he says, look, mama, I ain't going without you. I'll go, but I'm not going if you don't go. So she said, okay, I'll go with you into the battle. And, uh, and, and he, he got the victory, but the, the, the credit was given to Sisera. Or what was her name? What's the no? No, it wasn't Sisera. J, um, JL is the girl, the lady who drove the JL. She killed Sisera's servant. She killed Sisera. She killed Sisera. Well, this this Bible, this Sunday school is important, boy. <laughs> you got to know this stuff here. All right, so no, but I want you to see, Deborah is a mother here. This this I just copied this right out of the concordance. This is not something I added. This is right out of concordance. Okay. It's a point of, here, here's what the word mother means. This is what the, from the Hebrew meaning of the word. Point of departure or division. Now, what does that mean, point of departure? Well, you're born from a seed. The seed enters into your mother. But from the mother, it departed. And the bodies were divided, her body and your body. But you were one. Got it? It's a primitive word, meaning it's also a mother. Aim is a primitive word. That's what I'm talking about here. As the bond of the family. Now, I didn't add this. This is exactly how it is in the Hebrew. As the bond of the family. As the bond of the family. I'll come back to that. In a wide sense, both literally and figuratively, like father. Like fathers are a bond of the, fa of the family. In fact, if you're a husband, that's what husband means. It's the house bond. You, you're the bond of the house. You're supposed to hold the house together. Okay? Damn or mother. Okay? That's the meaning of the words. So I want you to make sure you write this down here. Because we're getting lessons from a good mother. Good mothers know how to hold the family together. Write it down. Good mothers know how to hold the family together. I'm not talking about preventing divorce. I'm talking about when, when hell and chaos is hitting the house. Mother has the ability, because it says bond of the family, the ability to hold everybody together. Hallelujah. When people are going through, they go, to go talk to mama generally. Am I right about it? So good mothers know how to hold a family together. I don't have time to read it today, but if you were to read this chapter 31, verses 10 through 31, it's going, it talks in detail about uh, this good mom, a good, good wife, her lifestyle, and how she holds everything together. So a good mother isn't frazzled by um, pressure. A good mother doesn't have to go soak in the tub and drink some wine and try to unwind. 
A good mother has an ability built into her, already in her, to hold everything together. But she has to make sure she is not adding undue stress, undue pressure by what she's watching, what she's engaging in, what she's allowing to enter into her, into her mind and her heart that creates an unreal environment, unreal imagination in her mind. And she thinks she's got to be somebody else. No, it's supposed to be mama. Okay, let's keep going here. I got to keep going here. Proverbs 14, verse 1. Proverbs 14, verse 1. The wise woman builds her house. But the foolish one, the foolish pulls it down with her hands. How many wise women do I have in here? Y'all can, I wish I had a few more hands. And y'all not sure. Okay. Seth said by faith, I'm a wise woman if you're a woman. Okay. So the wise woman builds her house. So women are builders. Hold things together. Titus chapter 2. Let me keep going here. Titus 2, verse 4 and 5. I'm going to read in the easy to read version. Titus 2, verse 4 and 5 in the easy to read version. I want you to see something here. By doing this, this is first talking about the... Um, the older women in verses uh, 3, verse 3. But by doing this in verse 4, it says, they, the older women, will teach the younger women to love their husbands and children. Uh. Now, I'm talking about the, bo the bond of the family. Is this, are y'all bored already? Okay. Just don't get bored yet. Okay. So the, the, you have to teach the woman, the younger women, to love their husbands and children. Now, what's interesting about that, this, the Lord blessed me with this a couple weeks ago because I was under the impression uh, I'd always been teaching that the Bible never told women to love their husbands. Based on chapter 5 of Ephesians. Ephesians says, husband, love your wives. It's Christ love the church. But it doesn't say, it just says, wives, submit to your husbands. And I always thought, I always taught people. I taught y'all. The wife don't have to love. She just got to submit. But all of a sudden, I stumbled on Titus too, and it says, no, teach them to love their husbands. Oh, so you do have to love your husband. But you got to be taught. Now, <laughs> this, this goes into holding the family together. Teach younger women. Why younger women? Because younger women love themselves. I'll stay on this side. They, they look kind of vicious on that side. I'm coming this side. Younger women, selfie, 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 selfie. They love them. They're narcissistic. I'm not picking on anybody. That's just kind of how people are brought up. So you have to teach a woman, younger women, to love outside of yourself. Love your husband and love your children. Well, they're not natural. Well, eagles naturally love their children. Yeah, and elephants naturally love their children, but human people don't naturally do it because if they did, we don't have to teach it. Oh, but I love. No, no, no. Teach them what love really looks like. Because that's what's going to hold your family, your household together when you love your husband and you love your wife, your children rather. Oh, boy. That, that sounds too simple, doesn't it? This, this is just talking about how you hold a house together. Verse 5, 
they will teach them to be wise. King James uses discreet, I think it is. And pure. Or chaste, yeah, chaste. And pure. 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 Teach, you got to teach the women how to be pure. This is mamas, you got to be pure. Pure. Okay, you got to put all your little, your little uh, romance novels away. Because they create impure thoughts in your mind. Hallelujah. You can't, you can't be watching Bachelor. Because you're not a bachelorette. So, okay. You got to teach them to be, pure, to be wise and pure. Wise and pure. Notice this. To take care of their homes. Isn't this what mothers are supposed to do? I'm getting just a few yeses here. To take care of their homes. Well, this 2021, I go make the bacon. Okay. You got to make the bacon, but come home. Because the Bible never... See, the Bible, the, the Bible, the Bible, the Bible never switched these roles. People switch these roles. God never switched these roles. Well, I don't have time to do that. Well, hire Hazel. There's people who will do it. People will come into your home and they'll take care of everything for you. They'll cook, they'll clean, they'll do everything. But I'm just talking about holding it together here. See, because what you're doing, I know, I know this won't be one people share all over you know, YouTube. But what you're doing is you are in taking care of your home creating an environment that husband wants to come home to and children want to come home to and children, they, they, they rather come and have them and their friends hang out at your house than they always trying to go over to somebody else's house. Trying to say, I, oh, I got a few amens in there. I got a, I got a few amens. I brought them. Hallelujah. I got a few. I got, I think I, think I got some amens. Okay. To be kind. You got to teach them to be kind. And, uh-oh. Willing to serve their husband. I got, I like them soft hand claps. I like them little soft hand claps, y'all. I like that. I like that. I mean, some agreement right there. Ain't nobody gonna be doing all that. Well, stay single. and no kids because the moment you bring kids in here you got to do all this responsibility so good mothers know how to hold a family together y'all got it all right let's keep going here I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get through this I think okay I have to, I have to move on because you know if I stay too long I'll say something and then people will be mad and quit the church so I just gotta be <laughs> okay, Proverbs 31, verse 1. Now, just that, that's all that came out of a definition of, of mother. 
from the Hebrew. Okay? Proverbs 31, verse 1, the words of King Lemuel, the utterance which his mother taught him, which his mother taught him. His mother taught him. So I want you to write this down. Good mothers diligently teach their children. Good mothers diligently teach their children, whether they want to hear it or not. Good mothers, you can write diligently if you want to. If you don't want to, don't write it. But the main thing I want you to know is that good mothers teach their children. Good mothers teach their children. Good mothers understand that parents are the primary teachers of their children. You hear me, parents? You are the primary teacher for your children, not the school. If your children don't know their ABCs yet, don't go to the preschool complaining. You are the primary teacher. They had a whole year with you before they could, they could even go to the preschool. <laughs> there are kids who are born knowing things because their parents, even before they were born, they begin to, to play things for the children in the womb because they realize I'm the primary teacher. So if you're, your children are in, are in elementary school and they don't know their fractions, don't go to the school complaining about the school board. But Ellis County School, something wrong with the school board. No. No, 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 no. Something wrong with you. I better hide behind the cross here. It's, some, it's something wrong with you. It's not the school system. See? You are the primary teacher. Hello. Well, I'll send, them, send them to the preschool. Hopefully the preschool teach them how to potty train. They potty train in preschool. You going to let somebody else potty train your child? You going to let somebody else get that close? Supposed to be that by the time your child goes to the school, they can go in the bathroom, use it, clean themselves and come back out by themselves. I just, that's not, not my message, I'm just saying. So you are the primary teacher and a good mother understands that. So a good mother uses every opportunity, every opportunity. A good mother uses environmental learning. A good mother can be riding the car with her child and look up and you see, you see the, the golden arches, you see, what's that? McDonald's, spell it. What's those letters? M-C-D-O-N-A-L-D-S. What color is that? Lello. Very good. Lello. It's wet. It's wet. Right? See, you, you have to do that because you are the primary teacher. Can I keep going? The church is not your child's primary teacher. So what we've done in church is we've now learned to dump all of our, our children's spiritual well-being off on the church. And that's not the way God intended it. Deuteronomy 6 says, parents, you diligently teach your children. Day and night, when they rise up, when they go to bed, when they're sitting around the house, when they walk around, supposed to write it everywhere. 
Because not, that's not the teacher's job to give them enough snicker bars to make them know, learn the word of God. Y'all with me? Am I smi I'm smiling, right? I'm not mad. I'm just, I'm just saying I want us to understand that, that God, is, God, God wants to uh, develop awesome mothers and parents and awesome offspring. I got it? So we're not supposed to dump them off and, you know, uh, the coach, you know, coach teach my children. Oh, that's not the coach's job. Mentors. We got mentors. <laughs> mentors. Everybody mentors. Oh, well, wonderful. Now, I understand mentors, if there's, if there's something that's lacking and, you know, dad's no longer on the planet or wherever, a mom's, you know, no longer in the life or whatever, and mentors come in and so forth. I remember, you know, people, all, all our lives, all our kids, a lot of people who want to step in and mentor our kids. I'd be like, what, did something happen to me and I ain't know about it? <laughs> you know, you know, something happened to my wife? Something, mentor, mentor your daughter. Mentor my, you know, she got a mama. And he, he got a son. He got a daddy. I don't need anybody else to mentor my kids. I'm the best example that I'm going to find on this planet. I'm going to make sure of it. I'm going to make sure I live a life before God, before them, that they can emulate. I'm very conscious of my children. You understand that? So I got to know how to teach them. So y'all got this here. So this, it says, the, the utterance that his mother taught him. His mother taught him. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 8 and 9. Look at this. Hallelujah. My son, hear the instruction of your father, and do not forsake the law of your mother. Boy. Now I want y'all to see this. My son, hear the instruction of your father and do not forsake the law of your mother. Now this is very interesting indeed because this, this kind of messed me up when I saw this. That word instruction of your father, that word instruction is the Hebrew word musar. I didn't write this down for me to just listen to this. Musar, M-U-S-A-R, which means discipline, chastening, correction. Of your father. And do not forsake the law of your mother. That word law is the Hebrew word Torah. It's law, it's direction, it's instruction. So, so the instruction comes, when you see that first word instruction, I don't want you to think teaching. Because the Hebrew word for that actually means discipline. This word law means teaching or instruction, which means that mama lays down the law. Daddy enforces it. I better come back over here. Mama lays down the law. Daddy enforces it.
Can you understand why? Can you understand why God, why God, his, his ideal setup is a two-parent household? Why God never intended for there to be single-parent households? Now, I'm not picking on single parents. And it happened in the Bible. There were single parents in the Bible. I mean, just inevitably, things happen. So I'm not picking on that. I'm, but I'm saying God's ideal is a two-parent household. Why? Because somebody's going to lay down the law. Somebody's going to enforce it. Can I say this? I wanna, they, they probably blame me out on YouTube on this. So you notice why the two parents are different? Because you can't, you don't, you're not supposed to have two who lay down the law. Because if you have two who lay down the law, no one's enforcing it. Or if you have two enforcers, enforcing what? So the reason why God made them male and female is so that one has the God-directed programming, divine command, to lay down the law, instruction. And then the other, the heavy comes in and enforce it. How many of y'all grew up in a house like that where there was a, a, a law lay downer? I know it's not a right word. And there was an enforcer. My daddy was the enforcer. And my daddy had a belt. We called it a shark. It was leather, white, and it had like you know, I want these belts, they had like, like one little thing. My daddy had like three. He had like three, three claws, you know, on the buckle. Boy, you didn't want to see the shark come out the closet. We knew where it was. The shark was on top of the closet in the front room. Boy, the shark came out, you knew you were done. We need to bring back some sharks today. Can, can, I, just, can I just throw something in here? Can you understand also then why Satan is doing such a, uh, a diligent job of removing fathers from households? Why he works to get the father strung out or the father incarcerated or the father murdered? Because if the father's out of the household, or or gets just gets the father to be a a, a, a a rolling stone. That's a good word. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say something else. A rolling stone. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Maya. Because if the father's a rolling stone, then he's not in any particular household, and he's. The only time he, he even interacts with the child is when he's being called in for. You need to come get this boy because this boy's up acting up. You, that's the only time he even interacts. He, does, he doesn't interact in love or doesn't interact in, in, the, in the training, doesn't interact in anything. He just show up to be the enforcer. It's a trick of the enemy. Put up um, Jesus. Ephesians 5. We, we were there, Ephesians 5. Oh, we, we were Ephesians 6, right? Put up four, verse four, Ephesians six, verse four. Put up six, verse four, Ephesians six, verse four. Hallelujah. And you fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath. Notice he didn't say mamas don't do that. Because mamas aren't supposed to be the enforcers. Fathers are supposed to be the enforcers. 
And so he says, don't go overboard. Because fathers can sometimes go overboard. Sometimes fathers can be enforcers only and never be involved in the training and admonition. Oh, that's not Father's Day. Let me get off that. This, Father's Day is next month. Next month. That's next month. Next month. Next month. That's next month. <laughs> so you get these nutty nut fathers who they mad because a child interrupt, interrupting their video game. And they end up, end up murdering little babies over a video game. Is that happening in our community? But mothers lay down the law, fathers enforce it. Hallelujah. My dad, I go and try to do something. Hey, daddy, can I? What did your mama say? How many of you got that from, from your daddy? What did your mama say? We're going to try to trick daddy, you know. What did your mama say? All right, let me keep going. Let me keep going. A couple more I want to give you here. So what I give you, I give you so far, good mothers know how to hold a family together. Then good mothers diligently teach their children. I gave you good mothers lay down the law and good fathers enforce it. All right? So notice we got to work together, mom and daddy. We're not in the same household. We, we didn't, we, our relationship didn't work out. You still got to learn how to work together. I said, you still got to learn how to work together for the sake of the children, Lord Jesus. But mothers lay down the law. <laughs> His mother taught him. His mother taught him. His mother taught him. Now, notice it goes back here and says here, the utterance which his mother taught him. In that verse in Proverbs 31, verse 1, in the King James, it doesn't use the word utterance, it uses the word prophecy. Y'all got to catch that. When you look it up in the Strong's, it's prophecy. So it's the prophecy which his mother taught him. So, okay, I remember when the when, um, day of Pentecost is fully come, Acts chapter uh, 2. Class starts in April, in uh, August. <laughs> day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. Day of Pentecost is fully come. They're all the one accord in one place, and the Holy Ghost came like a mighty rush away and so forth. And the Bible says they all began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So utterance comes from the Spirit. So this isn't just mama talking any yin-yang to child. It's mama being filled with the spirit and prophesying, oh, Jesus, into her child's life. So a good mother pours into her children. Oh, boy, this is, this is going to help three people here. Good mothers speak into their children's lives. Good mothers don't just talk at their children. 
good mothers speak into their children. There's a difference. When I come preaching to you, I'm never trying to just talk at you. I'm always trying to speak into you. I'm always trying to give you something that goes inside you and is going to produce something. You, people waste time all over the country today. I don't know about today because those churches usually shut down by now. But, but people, people waste time having a preacher just talk at them. Give them information. But you need to have something poured into you. And a good mother speaks into her children's lives. A good mother has to study that child. And notes the difference. You may love them all the same, but you cannot treat them all the same. Because every child is different. Every child has his, has his or her own nuances, his, own, his or her own uh, idiosyncrasies, his or her own personalities, his, his, or, his or, her, or her own aspirations. There's, this, they're different. And so you have to, as a mother, now men, this applies to us too now. There's things, I'm, principles, but I'm talking about mothers today. This is Mother's Day. You have to now look at that child and be inspired by the Holy Ghost to speak something into that child so you don't tell a child you're going to be sorry just like your daddy because what you speak into that child becomes a seed in that child's heart and they will develop that seed. Then you be 10 years later. See, you act just like your daddy. You kept telling them they're going to be just like their daddy. You're going to be sorry just like your daddy. Well, you're sorry, daddy. That's what, you're sorry, husband. That's somebody's video. That was a video. See? Are y'all seeing what I'm saying? So a good mother learns how to speak into her child. You speak kingship. Boy, if I had time, I would go into it. I might as well do it with a Wednesday night. Because she, if you look at this chapter, she's telling them how to be a king. Now he's Solomon, the son of David, who was a king. But mama said, but I sat there and I watched. I watched your daddy. I watched. Son, this is how, you, this is how, how a king operates. So mamas have the ability to bring royalty out of their sons, royalty out of their daughters. You're not going to call them clowns. You speak something into them. And you don't just speak by your words. You speak by actions. So you don't call them royalty and let them dress like hoochie. You, 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 y'all come over here. You have to speak into and I'm helping to build something. I have something in mind for you. God has given me a glimpse of your future, and you're going to become more than what you are. You're going to become more than this neighborhood. You're going to become more than this, than, this, than this community. You're going to become more than everything you've seen. No, you're going to become something, and I have the God-given command to speak into you. Children spend the majority of their time naturally around their mothers. So the loudest, biggest, and most valuable voice in their lives 
is mama. You get shaped by what mama pours into you. Some of you were raised in houses with single mamas. And look at you. You doing all right? You doing well? You know why? She said, because she said way back then before they had a son, not my son. My son ain't going to turn out like that. My daughter ain't going to be like that. My son's going to be somebody. My daughter's going to be somebody. I'm going to make sure I pour into their lives. I'm going to give them something. I'm going to give them some advantages. I'm going to sacrifice my life for them. God will take good care of me down the road. I know that. But I'm going to pour into them right now because I have a, I have a future I have in mind for them. God showed me something. Boy, can I... Can I Glory to God. So it says, man, let me hurry up. Let me, finish, let, me, let me just finish this last point here. So utterance is prophecy. Are y'all hearing this here? So good mother speaking to their children's lives. Give me a media, 1 Corinthians 14, 3. 1 Corinthians 14, 3, because remember the King James says the prophecy. 1 Corinthians 14, 3. Are you listening, mothers? Yes. Are you listening, future mothers? Yes. Are you listening, children? What you should be expecting from your parents, from your mothers too. 1 Corinthians 14, 3 says, but he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort to men. Put, up, put, put, verse, um, put verse 2 on there. On there. Verse 2. Verse 2. I'm going to go back. I just, I just heard something funny. But he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God, for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. So, mama, don't, don't speak in tongues to your kids. And I don't mean don't. Talking about stop speaking foolishness to them. You, you know, you keep reading 1 Corinthians 14. Tongues sound like foolishness to those who don't understand what it's going to say. So, don't speak. Foolishness. Don't speak things. Don't stop speaking uh, hypothetical and ethereal and just, just strange talk. Just speak plain to them. Speak that prophecy is plain. That's that's why the, that's why the Bible endorses prophecy over tongues. Tongues are good, but the Bible says tongue a prophecy is better than tongues, unless you interpret. So what's more profitable to your children is to hear playing out. Hey, get this straight. That's, that, that was wrong. Don't well, we'll see it. No, no, no. Straight up. Prophesy. All right, verse 3. Go back to verse 3. Because I'm going to show you three things here it says. It says, he who prophesies speaks edification, exhortation, and comfort. Now, edification means to build up. So what a good mother does is build her children up, not tear them down. You're so sorry. You stupid. What do those words do? Tear down. They'll destroy. They'll destroy. So your job is to build them up. That's edification. Exhortation. To, ex to exhort means to push forward. 
So you're going to build them up, and then you're going to push them forward. That means now you're going to challenge that child. I see something. Yeah. Come on. You know what? No, do, do, do another page of that homework. Mama, I have no homework. You do? Yes, you do. Yes, you Kids, if they come home, they don't have any homework. When I was coming up, even if I had no homework, I had homework. You don't have no homework? Okay. I got some homework for you. Because you're going to do something. I'm going to challenge you. Oh this, oh, this class too easy. You finish your work on time. Let's go to the next chapter. Let's read. Let's read ahead. Let's, let, me, let me challenge you. Today, kids don't want to be challenged, and parents don't want to challenge them. I, it got quiet there, so maybe I better come over here. Just, I better sit down and let you finish this other bit. Because when I said that, it got, it, got, it got graveyard quiet. Kids don't want to be challenged, and parents don't want to challenge them. But that's what exhortation is. It's to challenge you forward. Push you forward into something that you didn't, you didn't realize you could do that. And if I never challenge you, you'll never change. You'll never, you'll never improve. If, if, I, if I accept your D, you'll bring home an F. I'm going to come back over here. If I accept your D, you'll bring home an F. If I accept your C, you'll bring home a D. If I accept your B, you'll bring home C's. See? So I have to challenge you. No, you're not going to not do that. No, you're not going to take all the easy classes you can find. Well, I'm done. Y'all just shut me down, boy. Y'all just shut me down. They shut me down, boy. They boy shut me down. Lord, have mercy. I was doing good till I started talking about not challenging people. So comfort. Comfort is a settle down. A good mother knows how to settle her children down. Because children go through all kind of challenging situations, emotional chaos, roller coasters, and a good mother knows how to say, come on, just sit down. Sit down, calm down. We're going we're gonna to get through this. Let's, let's think about it. Let's look at it in a different way. Has that ever happened to you? That mama knew how to just calm you down? Well, daddy, so, sometimes daddy do, but a lot of times daddy say, just, hey, hey man, man up. Walk that off, bro. What you don't like crying for? Get up, hey, I'm going to beat your behind. You get to keep all that crying like that. Mama, no, 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 come on, come on. You, you just. <laughs> Hallelujah. So we're supposed to charge, challenge, and cheer. Now notice what the Bible says. We give you a couple more scriptures here. 1 Thessalonians 5.20 says, do not despise prophecies. Despise, do not despise prophecies. Y'all got it? Proverbs 15.20. Now watch this. Here's how it all connects. Proverbs 15.20. A wise son makes a father glad, 
but a foolish man despises his mother. Now, don't despise prophecies. It says a foolish man despises his mother. Can I show you one more about that? Proverbs 23, verse 22. Proverbs 23, 22. Write it down. Proverbs 23, verse 22. Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. Okay. We're going to wrap it up on this one right here. Because the rest of this I'll get into Wednesday night. A wise son makes a father glad. A foolish man despises his mother. Listen to your father who begot you and do not despise your mother when she is old. I close by saying this. One of the biggest deceptions of adolescence, the state of being an adolescent, one of the biggest deceptions of adolescence and, and adulthood, young adulthood especially, is that you no longer value the voice of your mother. Y'all ain't saying much. That's one of the biggest deceptions of adolescence. Teenagers. Teenagers, they hit 13, now they can, you know, they got a little hair on their arms now, and now they, you know, puberty is happening, and Filling themselves, spelling themselves. Now all of a sudden, they know more than mom. Am I right about it? It's right about that age, right about 12 or so, they start changing. And I don't, I don't really need what mom was talking about. And you know they'll tell them, Mom, you just old. You understand? Because you old. Do not despise your mother when she is old. And it's not that she's old. It's just that you're despising her. All of a sudden, you have all the sense. Oh, help me somebody. All of a sudden, you, you, you know a few things. And it doesn't stop at teenagers. Because now all of a sudden, now you, you got a job. Now you're buying your own deodorant. Or at least you should be. And all of a sudden, now, you know, now you got a car. Now you're, you're in college. Now you, now you have your own apartment. Now you have your own relationship. Now you have your own children. And now all that wisdom that was used to bring you up now is no longer valuable to you and you cut it off. What's happening? Despising, thinking little of your mother when she is old. And what the deception is all about 
is that you don't realize that yes, she's maturing, she's aging, but she's aging through stages that you will have to go through. She used to be a young mother. She used to be a young wife. She used to try to work a job and come home and cook and clean. She, she used to do all that stuff the same way you're trying to figure out how to do it now. But all of a sudden now, you, she ain't got nothing to tell you because, uh, you know, I'm, I'm my own person now. And, and you just, oh, no, she, it's not that. In fact, as she matures, there's a wisdom that she is gaining through experience and time with God that now her voice should be more valuable. Oh, help me somebody. I'm helping somebody here if you'll get this. Her voice should be even more valuable to you now. Because she's already been through what you're about to go through. What you're going through now, she's already been there, baby. So never shut off the prophetic voice of your mother in your life. Hallelujah. And the same thing happens in the spiritual realm. People get saved, listen to a spiritual mom, spiritual dad, and everything. Oh, oh praise God. They, God bless. Thank you for your voice. Thank you for your voice. All of a sudden now, you, you, you finally get some manifestation in your life, and things start changing, start blessing. God start prospering you. Now you got a little older. Now you got your little position. Now you got your little YouTube ministry, too. You're doing your own little thing. I'm preaching, teaching. I'm doing all that kind of stuff, too. And all of a sudden now, I don't need their voice anymore because I... That's how it happens. But you don't understand. As spiritual parents, we're getting older and wiser. And cuter, Pastor Kim said, my dad. Hallelujah. All right, I'll close here. I'll close here. We're way past time. This is a prelude to um, Wednesday. <coughs> Write this down so you have it. Good mothers know how to recognize a good woman, wife, and mother. I'm going to leave that with you. Good mothers know how to recognize a good woman, wife, and mother. Good, I'm going to write it, I'm going to say it again. Good mothers know how to recognize, all you sons, listen to, the, to me. All you boys, listen to me. A good mother knows how to recognize a good woman, wife, and a mother. So just as a prelude here, so when mama says, uh-uh, you don't go, no, ma, no, man, she, no, ma, she good, no, 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 uh-uh. y'all. Y'all don't don't shout me down. I'm preaching good now. Just she can recognize. Why? She she's 
she's learned some things. I won't deal with that a lot Wednesday night, but I just want to make sure I hit that today. A lot of you young men looking to get married one day. One day. Not two day, one day. But um, you better listen to your mama. Because mama recognizes. Hallelujah. Proverbs 31, put up, put up verse, verse uh, 30. Put up verse 30 on the screen. Put up verse 30 on the screen real quick. Because this is, this is what he learned from his mama. Charm is deceitful. Beauty is passing. He learned this from his mama, Laquanda. His mama knew. Child, that's just weave. Child, that's makeup. Child, she got on a Spanx. Child, she got on whatever. Mama knows. Now, remember now, the woman who taught him this is Bathsheba. She was a beauty queen. She was so bad. I mean, the king, David, I mean, had to, had to have it. I, he, she, he's got to have it. He did all that because this girl was so beautiful. And yet she tells him, this beauty, all the beauty passed away. You better, you better make sure that girl's got something on the inside of her. You better make sure it's something on the inside because that outside is going to change over time. Gravity starts operating and everything. All that stuff you looking at now, everything changes. But you got to have something on the inside of her. But whatever you do, men... Don't forsake the wisdom of your mother. Girls, listen to your mama. Don't despise her because you say she, you old school. This is 2021, mama. This is how we do things. She's trying to keep you from being labeled. I said she's trying to keep you from being labeled. trying to keep you where you have where you 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 know you can hold your head up in the city and nope everybody don't know your name hallelujah thank you Jesus now I, I'll, I'll ask y'all just come back Wednesday night I'll, I'll get I'm, I'm gonna cover four things Wednesday night that a good mama teaches amen well, give God a praise if you receive the word of God today. Stand to your feet. It's, it's, it's very, very late, very late, very late, very late, very late, very late. Where's Brother Barry? Disappear?
Huh? Well, that's all right. No, that's right. I was just, I was going to blame him for uh, making the service late. <laughs> Y'all don't hold it against me. He struck out one, boy. It was good, too. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father God, thank you today that we can look into your word and and uh, see things that are funny and interesting and inspiring, but most importantly, God, God, the things that are valuable to us, that, Lord, you've given us mothers, and some here you've made mothers, and those who aren't naturally mothers have become mothers to other people. Thank you, Lord, for the roles that these great women of God play in all of our lives and the lives of others Thank you, Father, for mothers of Zion who know how to pray and fast, who know how to seek your face, who know how to cry out to you on behalf of their children, Father. Thank you for mothers who didn't quit when it was, when it would have been so easy to quit. Thank you for mothers who persevered and endured and didn't walk out. Thank you for mothers and all the lessons that they've taught us over the years and the examples that they've given to us of dignity and grace. The examples they've given to us of endurance and perseverance and God, some single mamas had to do it all. We thank you for them. We thank you that, Lord, they had to be mother and father and everything. God, we honor them today. Thank you for their strength and their courage, for their tenacity. Thank you, Lord, for them just holding on and for what you've brought into their lives. We pray for, Lord, those mothers, hallelujah, Lord, today who had, had it rough with some of us, Lord, <laughs> that we weren't the best of children. We weren't the best behaved and but they didn't give up on us. Thank you. Thank you for the mothers that prayed us through. Thank you for the mothers that prayed us out of darkness into the light. Thank you for the mothers, Father, that would intercede, get on their faces and cry in the showers and cry in their rooms and do whatever it takes. We thank you. Thank you for the mothers that have been, have been brought back into our lives. Some of them who weren't there a large time when we were children, but God, you've restored relationships. Thank you. Thank you that, Father, we can redeem the time. We can redeem the time. That even years that we missed out on, that we can redeem the time. Thank you today, Lord. For all the great mothers that are in this place, those that are even tuned in online right now, we pray that, God, that I pray a special grace and strength upon every mother today and all those who would be mothers, Father, a special grace upon them, O oh God, to be able to pour into children, their own children, other children, Father, they've taken in, that they're pouring into their lives. I pray, Father, that every mother would, would be able to prophesy, that they would able, be able to hear your voice and speak into their children a bright, glorious future in the name of Jesus. And we pray, Father, that, God, you would reward them handsomely. 
the way you rewarded those midwives in Egypt, Father, who would preserve children's lives. God, preserve and strengthen and bless the lives of these mighty women of God in this place. Let them know, Father, that you have great rewards in store for them, not only in heaven, but here on this earth. Bless them indeed, we pray. God, we thank you for those of us who, um, whose mothers have already left. They're not here on this earth anymore. Thank you, Father, that in those hours when we're thinking about them, you comfort us. You strengthen us. Thank you those times when we feel like we particularly just miss our mamas. We thank you, Father, that you're the God of all comfort. Thank you for the time and the times we did have with them. Thank you for all the memories that we cherish. Thank you that those memories will never fade. Thank you that one day we'll be reunited with those mothers who've gone before. I pray for those women in here who've, whose children, uh, they, they miscarried or their children died before they did. Comfort them on this day. Comfort them in this moment, oh God. And remind them, Father, that those children are there with you. You are keeping them. And that they will, there will come a day soon that they will be reunited with those babies and those children, those, those ones that went on before them. And I pray, Father, that every household today in this place will experience a flood of your joy, a flood of your happiness, a flood of your love, and a flood of your goodness. We bless every household. We give you the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God a great praise in this place. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you glad today? Are you really happy today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Back in 19, 1985.